Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Bia Williams. I'm Seychelle Van Poole. And I'm Sarah Reynolds. Today, we are going to talk about, um, could be argued, one of the most important parts of empire building. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that is uh, strategic business planning, right? It's really hard to have an empire if you don't have a strategy and a plan. (laughs) True. A plan that goes with it, right? And so much of that is around goal setting and making sure that you really look at things in the the market and look at your business. Um, I right now have been a studier. Is that a right? Is that a word? Studier. Student? Student. 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 It's been a long day. (laughs) A student. Studier. A studier. I like that better. Yeah, Yeah, a student of the book, Scaling Up. Uh, I've talked about it in a couple episodes, but Mm -hmm. um, I think in that book, it talks about just how much, how important it is to have strategic time, uh, strategic business planning time and how as you're scaling, you can't, you can't forget that, right? So today um, we are going to talk about that, how to do a strategic business plan and what we do sort of around that. Um, So I think first and foremost, um, to have a business, every business has to have a customer. Good point. <laughs> I know this, yes. Is, yes. this is groundbreaking. I mean, this is like, it aren't is. you glad this you're listening stuff. so far? This is high level stuff. <laughs> yes. Right uh, you yeah. have to have a customer. Now, what's important about strategic business planning is, is creating your ideal customer. Creating yes. your ideal customer, or I like to call it like a client avatar or a avatar. customer avatar, right? Who is your ideal client, your ideal customer, right? So creating that. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you guys, how have you guys gone about um, creating your ideal customer? Well, I can tell a story about that because it, it really kind of helped change the trajectory of my business. And we're talking about the real estate business that that I um, that I built. So um, when I I made a decision a long time ago, about 10 years ago now, that I wanted to um, sell real estate in a higher price point, more of a luxury price point. Mm. So I had to make some changes in my business because my business was not predominantly a high price point at the time. So I, at the time, I didn't know it was called that, but I, I ended up like Googling and, and whatever, and I created an avatar and I was like, okay, well, you know, what is their name? What do they look like? Where where do they work? Do they have kids? Where do their kids go to school? Like as specific as mm-hmm. I could, what kind of car do they drive? And and I, I thought, well, I don't know all that data. So I started previewing house after house mm. after house and the kind of houses I wanted to sell. And I was like, what are the cars in the driveway? Mm-hmm. And, you know, whenever you walk through a house, and I just want to be clear, I was not inappropriate, but I would look at what was on the shelves and I would look at the plaques and I go, oh, there's a lot of people that work for Microsoft or Amazon because I'm in Seattle. Mm. Or, oh, it looks like there's a lot of, you know, this school mm-hmm. or that school. I can see things laying around. You know, you just see things and notice things. And because my reticular activator was up, I was able to kind of start filling in the blanks, not with what I thought, but with kind of like data, you know, kind of kind of like, you know, in the field research mm-hmm. data. So by the time I started growing my team, I trained my team really early on on who are, by then I knew it was called an avatar. And, and I remember I went to Zillow, the Zillow corporate headquarters, which is in Seattle. And if you go there on their wall, they have their avatars on their wall yeah. in, in their mm-hmm. sales floor. And so it's, it's literally on a wall. It's like, you know, 
um, you know, Mindy Middle Age, female real estate agent, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then, you know, buddy boy, male, like, you know, they have they have all these names and they have photos, like stock photos, and they had it too. And and I, it's just, it changed the scope of everything because I would tell my agents, look, if 40 people are going to come in your open house, right? Search the avatar out. Who's our target market? Who, if you have to make a triage decision on who you're going to spend time with, you know, besides the obvious things, like, you know, go for our target market. And and it, it was just a filter by which, like, if we're marketing, well, would Kelly Kirkland, Kelly Kirkland was one of their, was one of their names. I like that. Mm. Would Kelly Kirkland, mm-hmm. would she respond to this ad? Would she yes. respond to this call yep. to action? Would she respond to this mailing? No, she wouldn't because it's too, you know, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So I just, that, that in real world, like examples, it kind of was the filter through which we did almost everything on my real estate team at the time. I think so good. that's brilliant. And I think this is why um, real estate, if you treat it like a business, can be so powerful because a lot of what you're describing is when we used to work in the advertising agency world, that's how we got to know our clients. Um, and when mm. you're working on, like I would work on Merck Pharmaceuticals, Jazz at Lincoln Center, and Hershey's Chocolate all at the same time, which are very different demographics, right? One is literally a heart attack medicine, and the other is literally the chocolate that gets you to the heart attack. Like, <laughs> oh <my laughs> like you have to know your different, um, like, ideal clients and demographics. And so I love that you took that business practice that deep via into your real estate business because it gives clarity around who you're looking for at all times. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. It makes me think of um, Stephen Covey, who um, is obviously famous in terms of uh, author and in business. And I think a lot of people will say, shorten the quote. And it, it's they say to begin with the end in mind, mm-hmm. right? To begin with the end in mind. So who is the end customer? But what I, I actually love the full quote. Um, which is to begin with the end in mind means that you start with a clear understanding of your destination. It means to know where you're going so that you better understand where you are now. And so the steps that you take are always in the right direction. And mm. I think that goes with what Bia said. I couldn't help but think I of that quote. Yeah. Because how could, she wouldn't know what, where even what going. ad to write if she yeah. didn't first know who is the end customer that she is trying to reach. So first and foremost, when you sit down to do your business uh, strategic plan, you want to know who is your ideal customer? Who is your ideal customer, right? Second would be um, really what, what are the programs or what are the things that right now you are offering your ideal customer, right? So what are some things that you are offering um, that ideal customer? So I'm curious, Via, when you, when you figured out who your, mm-hmm. uh, what was it, Kelly Kirkland? Kelly Kirkland. Okay. okay so when you figured out Kelly Kirkland, um, what were you doing currently um, when you figured that out um, in terms of what, what you were offering her? Yeah, so great. I have, you know, real world examples. So Kelly Kirkland, and then we had a, a male avatar as well. They weren't necessarily married, but, you know, they were just kind of interchangeable. And I actually can't remember his name now, but for some reason I remember her. Um, and and one of the things that I started deep diving on is that it, it, back in the day, it was Microsoft. And by the way, now that's all switched over to yeah. Amazon. If you live in Seattle, the the email addresses that you had on your database that were at Microsoft.com mm-hmm. started switching to at Amazon.com. Like they just swept them all over. And, and one of the things, Sarah, was that our marketing, mm-hmm. um, it was that we, I started going, well, what, what would they be used 
used to seeing internally as you know middle and high level and, and senior level executives at Microsoft at the time. And I noticed it was a lot of white space or a lot of black space. It was mm. a lot of primary colors, straight mm-hmm. type. So it wasn't cursive. It wasn't watercolor, you know, pastels. It wasn't busy. It was very, very clean. If you think back to the Microsoft yep. graphics, you know, five to 10 years ago, even now. But um, so I designed my logo. It's a red circle Mm -hmm. and there, you know, everything has a ton of either white or, you know, black space. And, and I was really looking at what they would see internally, not even their consumer marketing, their internal, Mm. you know, and you can find anything on Google images and on Google or whatever. And that's what I would often send to the graphic designers when they were designing anything from flyer templates to um, postcards. It was very, very thought through. I wanted them to be very um, comfortable subconsciously mm-hmm. that we were in alignment with their values and what they did every day. And, you know, that we were we were viewed that way. And, and this is going to sound really funny, <laughs> but I dressed as if I would dress if I were like a consultant coming into Microsoft. So when I was going in to meet with a client for, say, a listing appointment to list their home, uh, I walked in and I thought if if I were a consultant that that they were working with, you know, what would I be wearing? I probably wouldn't be wearing like a, you know, a skin tight, slick yes. Armani suit with stiletto right. heels. It just I wouldn't do that, you know. And then I, I started getting in tune to what would women in tech wear? Maybe one or two steps, you know, dressier than the norm. Mm-hmm. And so everything everything I did was really more for them. For them, my brand was defined on what I felt like my target market needed and wanted right. and would resonate with much more than my outlet for creative expression. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, and you're you're truly living up to the Kevi quote of beginning with the end in mind. I think for us, when we think about programs, it's what pain points do they have that I need to solve for them? Yes. And so for, sure. for us, like we work with a lot of um, CEOs of course, yeah. and E-class executives and one of the the biggest problems we've had in recent years um, and very hot markets here in North Texas and Dallas-Fort Worth is, you know, they don't know where they're going to move. Um, and so for us, it became um, really important that we were innovating and being the first to market with different opportunities and programs for our clients that we could blast out that solve a pain point. And so we found that there were really three pain points that our clients were dealing with. Um, and then our messaging caters to that. And so the first one is, um, I like my house now. And if I'm not excited about where I'm going, I don't want to sell this one, right? So it was a buy before you sell program, right? And we can help you find where you're going before you ever have to put your home on the market. The second one would be a, we need our cash out of this home to be able to move to the next one. And so we came up with guaranteed sale program options or even um, opportunities for bridge financing and other companies that we were bringing um, and expanding from all over the country to be able to give them the peace of mind that they weren't going to be homeless, but they could still get their cash and maximize the value out of the sale. The third problem that we found a lot of our executives and C-class clients had was they want to build wealth and they have no freaking idea how to do it. And so we have a lot of one-on-one coffees, conversations, meetups, and even employee lunches for our clients that we talk about wealth building through real estate, what are the advantages, the tax write-offs, the resources, and the how-to to be a one-stop shop for those clients to be able to have a turnkey service. But really for us, that was the pain points of those three clients. And then all of our messaging caters to those three. That is... That's awesome, say. Um, and we did something very similar uh, to that. And so in terms of uh, programs and what what are their pain points, you mm-hmm. know, I always um, ask myself, what is keeping my ideal customer up last night? 
What love kept yeah, them up that. last night? So good. What worries did they have that I can that I can solve? Um, and so that makes me brings me to the the biggest part really of strategic business planning is doing what in the business world is called a SWOT analysis. A yep. SWOT analysis, and I actually prefer you can't even say it right, but I actually prefer. For SWTO, which of course doesn't sound as good. Um, but whenever I sit down for a strategic business planning, I do the S first, which is strengths. Then you do your weaknesses. And then I like to then look at my threats. And all, those three things then show opportunities. So the whole yeah, time sure. you are coming up with opportunities that you see. So first and foremost, um, in a SWOT analysis, the first thing you look at are what strengths. So I like to do at least three, right? So mm -hmm. in my recommendation, depending on how fast you're growing, my recommendation is that you do this. Um, if you're growing fast, you need to do this once a quarter, a minimum mm -hmm. of once a quarter. And typically you're going to take four to eight hours of strategic business planning time once a quarter if you're growing quickly and, and doing your SWOT analysis. Okay, okay, I'm not doing it enough. Yeah, I will just admit it right now. If it's once a quarter, whoa, uh, no, mm -hmm. I'm not. That's a, it depends okay. on the speed okay. of which you're growing. No, I know. You That's need to good. do a minimum of once a year. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but it's something that, that you do want to look at pretty regularly, pretty regularly. So first and foremost, the S is strengths. So mm -hmm. what three strengths does your business have right now? What are the strengths of your business? Mm -hmm. And so you ask yourself that and, and create that white space where you can journal, journal it mm -hmm. out, right? Um, I think it's Keith Cunningham that said, like the best consultant you can get for your business is actually you in thinking time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Keith Cunningham really espouses that. You know, the other thing too about strengths is I'm writing a business plan right now and um, and I'm, I'm in the middle of it. Like I was just working on it yesterday and presented the preliminary plan. And um, and in that, you know, I, I have a section, it's like keys of, to success, which is really like what, you know, what is it about the management team and about the resources we have that's going to make us successful? Mm -hmm. And um, and that's, you know, um, that's strength. And Sarah, I think it's worth it to start talking about internal versus external, mm -hmm. that you start with the internal strengths and weaknesses, SW. I, I, I see your point to TO, but mm -hmm. either way, SWOT or SWTO, you start with internal strengths and weaknesses. Then you move to external, yes. which is like, you know, the yes. opportunities and the and the threats. So yep. yeah, yep, yeah, and that's how it, how it's broken up. So I remember when we um, sat down, uh, George and I, my husband, um, said that we wanted to start a mortgage company, mm -hmm. and we did our first ever sort of SWOT analysis. And for us, a strength was you know he had almost a decade in mm -hmm. lending mm -hmm. experience, right? So that's a that's a that's a strength. That's a huge strength. Another yeah. strength is he happens to be partners. Um, at home and in life with a top real estate team, right? So that's mm -hmm. a strength of that company um, is that. So like, what are the strengths that you currently mm -hmm. um, possess in your in your business as you as in an indiv as an individual? Um, and so looking at that and, and writing that down. So the, those it's so, so, mm -hmm. so important uh, to do that. Knowing so where you're S strong. that's and SWAT. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then same with weaknesses, right? The mm -hmm. W. Yeah. So the W is weaknesses. So taking time and writing down what are the three weaknesses that you see right now in your business, um, in your 
career, what you're what you're doing, um, but looking at your business and saying, what are the weaknesses right now? Um, a, a a big question I asked during this, well, actually, probably more during the T, which is the threats, but. Um, I'll just go ahead and share it now. But a big question I asked myself is if, if I was coming in to compete with me, mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. what, what would I do? take me out? Yeah. What would yeah. take me out? What could take me out? What, yeah. what, that's a threat there. So. What yep. scares you the most? What's, you yes. know, and, you know, well, oh, that's threat. That's a threat. Yeah. I think on the yeah. weakness that's side, threat. I often see um, when I've done this with our team or we, we used to do these a ton, right, in advertising too, because um, this is how we would build out, right, how their ad campaigns would go. And a lot mm. of people um, hesitate to discuss the weaknesses openly or they get into judgment really quickly. Um, and it's okay just to list the weakness and let it sit. Like, it's okay. We don't have to solve every problem right now. It's okay for a weakness just to sit as a weakness and and we'll figure that out later and don't feel like you need to get down the rabbit hole of like, well, that's a weakness. And it's like, it's really painful and then we got to figure it out. And we got to, all of a sudden you're off, off the SWAT. So, and you're off the page onto something well, else. And, and words, words do matter and uh-huh. people kind of attach meaning to them. Yep. And I know that's, it's literally SWAT, S-W-O-T. Uh-huh. But you can also view it as advantages and disadvantages if that yeah. takes yeah. the emotion out of it. Like what just, what's, what's some disadvantages we have right now? Uh-huh. That's good. You know, what do we need to overcome? You could even call it, you know, um, challenge. We probably want to stick with like disadvantages well, or weaknesses, I think but you know, the, the purpose is to feel bad. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I know like, you're right because, yeah. because you're doing a strategic. Break us business. all down, yeah. Sarah. Yeah, I mean, I mean and so like <laughs> you build want, us up. yeah, you want to understand where because the purpose is to, to right. fix it. Like that's the whole right. idea of the SWOT analysis yeah. is to know. That's why I like the O at the end because that all right. of those things lead, they to, lead the to the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you don't yeah, first like recognize. That that that's a weakness in your organization or in your business, then you can't fix it. Then it doesn't lead yeah. to the opportunity. Um, and so it, it's it's a good thing. You know, I you got to change the way you look at it. It's yeah. a good thing to recognize it because then you know that's exactly you right. know where you need to fix and it. And we see that all the time it. on our team of if we don't know if we don't know where the problems are, we can't create a plan to fix them. So being exactly. being transparent and open and vulnerable with where the problems are allow us the opportunity to create great solutions. If we bear my if we team, bury them, yeah, it's no no help. My team hates it. I'm always like, I can't solve a problem I don't know about. Uh-huh. Well, it's good, it. but it's, it's so true. It. It's so true. <laughs> so true. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we need to tell ourselves that about our own. I know. Yeah, no, about no, our no, own no. Uh, organizations. I think um, one thing that is uh, super powerful is for this question, for both actually, um, typically, the newest people in your empire, in your organization, know your strengths and weaknesses more than you do. Oh because God. they are not blinded to things and they're not yet emotional to it. So many times they will see it. So like um, we had a, a new team member join us a few years ago and we have a department that's sort of a client retention department. And we're the only team that I know of that has it. It's like if you were to call... Verizon and cancel your services, right. they would say, please hold. And they would transfer you to mm-hmm. a ret- And their job is, you think they're canceling. Their job is to t- change the outcome, right? right? So we have a whole department that focuses on that. And um, he, I remember the new team member runs into my office and says, is this normal? Like, do other teams have a department that if like a house isn't selling, they're analyzing what needs to happen? If, a, if someone's not happy, they're doing everything they can to make it happy. Like a whole department, that that's their job. And I was like, 
oh, I don't know. I hadn't thought about it. Like I, like, I hadn't thought about it, but he was like, this is amazing. And, and It's amazing. Yeah. He's like, I've been your client, and I've, been, I've known you for over a decade, and I didn't know you had this. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and I was like, oh, my goodness. And it was someone new that recognized, I think this is different and good, mm-hmm. right? It was it's someone amazing. new. And so, like, sometimes you want to sit down your newest people. And say, what are the strengths you see in our team and our organization? What are the weaknesses you see? Right. <laughs> That's right. Really um, and so, a lot of times, going to them and finding out is also can be huge. Yeah, big time. That's really, really good. So let's okay. So let's wrap up SW of SWAT though. Let's just you know, uh, th- these are the internal internal factors that, mm-hmm. are, that are going to affect the the issue at, at hand. So we've got strengths and weaknesses, and I would urge you to think in terms of you know financial, technical. Yes. Um, you know, your yep. competitive position, yep. your market share, uh, people, personnel, you yes. know, um, uh, that, that mm-hmm. you're missing or need to be replaced, uh, your actual product offering. This is kind of the yes. place, you know, for all of that. Yeah. And then Sarah, so then let, you know, you can choose your order. Normally it would be, oh, next opportunity, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, we can, we can talk about threats next if you want. No, Whatever. no, let's do uh, opportunities. So what are, what are the, uh, what are the opportunities um, that you see? Mm-hmm. Well, the focusing question to me always on this is what is the problem I'm trying to solve? Mm-hmm. You know, yes. so so what is the, you know, and and then what what are the what are the the fruits and the rewards around solving that problem? Can, you know I, I, mean, really? can I ask a question on this? So mm-hmm. I've seen this go two different ways when you get to the opportunity side. One is is that you get down a really narrow path, right? And kind of get into action really quickly around it. Like somebody's coming up with ideas, you're throwing them on the board and you decide on one pretty quickly and go. The other side I've seen it go is get kind of bubblicious, as we would say it in our family, where it's like the ideas are all over the place, right? It's like bubbles popping up all over the place. And they don't necessarily have like a specific direction. When you guys are doing your SWATs or and you're getting to the opportunity section, how much direction and control are you looking for over this area for time management's sake? Or are you just letting it fly? And there are no bad ideas. Because I've seen it go both ways, right? And there are no bad ideas. We put them all on the board and then we'll decide either at the end of this or at a later time. Oh, this question, say. <laughs> Me and you and our achiever strength is so similar. I Because you speak like I I. And this has been the hardest thing for me with strategic business planning. Yep. Because I want to then narrow it down to focus to then go achieve. And go right then. Mm-hmm. Yes. I imagine but a lot of our you, listeners feel that way too. Yes, 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 yes. But when you're doing strategic thinking and or business planning, I've had to learn not to do that. Like to let it flow. The answer is you let it flow. And you let, if there's people in, in the room doing it with you, which I recommend it, okay, do not try to channel them. Do not try to hold them back. Because like, we want them to just like, let it flow, which can be very, it, it, it's very hard for me. Like I'm yes. starting to take um, this ashwagandha. It's like a um, herb. <laughs> Sorry. What? I don't know if it's an herb. <laughs> Your is face this, is right is now. This? Okay, before my strategy time with my team. Are you taking something to mellow right you now? out? Are you is taking she like something? Going, is she like Sarah's taking, taking drugs things to mellow her out? Are you taking not drugs? What? You're not you don't drugs. Go, it's good for you. <laughs> what is it when you go drink the stuff in, in like gonna, South America or Mexico? What is that? No, it's, what? I don't actually you know, know what it is. All I know is the bottle got me because it's supposed to like relax you. Not peyote. Help. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it has worked. I, 
I feel like disclaimer is going to be <laughs> What are you taking what? and admitting what to our listeners? What is someone giving you to chill you out before no, it's, I, it's She's like, life is great. Oh, is is <laughs> she just slips it in the middle of a conversation. We're like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Might be thinking? worth watching the YouTube on this one to get our reaction. Okay, no, oh my God. The point is... It's if I you don't were, know what's going on, but... <laughs> but I'm in. I'm and, in for it. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. If it's hard for you just to like sit in. and think... Like I have two team members that are, take are... drugs. Hold on. I have two that are very strategic, including my mom. My mom is super strategic. People like that will just start talking forever. Like in terms of thinking, you guys... <laughs> Keep laughing at me. I almost okay. spit my coffee out. I literally I like dude, almost spit my coffee so completely I over the camera. I literally, I because I'm looking at Saint It's a vitamin. It's a good supplement. Oh my gosh, don't worry. It's a vitamin. I swear to God. I'm putting air quotes around it. Okay. Yep. We no, all take vitamin. No, but <laughs> vitamin. <laughs> Sarah's like, you know, this guy shows up at my house. <laughs> it's in a paper bag. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. The point is, okay, okay, sorry. Let, we'll, we'll rate it in. Okay, sorry. No. We're not <sighs> rating it. Because it, this was, it was hard for me to let it flow, let everyone just let it flow. Like, and so I had to relax and not be so like type A. And it has helped. Okay, Good. so the answer to Say's great question is take ashwagandha. <laughs> take whatever it is I'm trying to say. No, you can't start it, that again. I'm sorry. No, my Let your like team, that. let okay. the people around you just start their yeah. ideas, what they're seeing, what are the opportunities. No, it was a great question. And yeah. just like, we question. like to put um, big sticky notes of each of the items in a room with markers and anyone can think and write anything. Like, Anything they mm-hmm. want, if any opportunity that they see externally, um, you know, they can write it out. I mean, I, I look at in the in the real estate industry in particular, iBuyers yes. came mm-hmm. into markets and took massive market share. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a yeah. very short period of time. Yeah. Very short period of time. Okay. And guaranteed, it was on someone's SWOT analysis mm-hmm. because yeah. they saw an opportunity right. that— mm-hmm. There are sellers that want offers right away that no don't hassle. want to have their house on the market. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that was, they wrote it out and that became their plan, right? That became their plan. So it's such a, it's so important to be looking at what are the opportunities? Like if you were to go into that market, what would you do to uh, start up? What are the opportunities you see? What are the pain points? Um, mm-hmm. Like Via said and uh, Say said earlier. Um, but- Focusing on competition, on the competitive environment, both in, I think, opportunities and threats. Yes. You know, where, where there are opportunities where no one's in this, this you know, micro niche or segment. Yes. And, and yet, you know, the threat could be, you know, who could do it? You yeah. know, who has the resources or the brain mm-hmm. power yes. to do it? Mm-hmm. Who who's yeah. tried and failed? You know, yeah, just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Um, and then, of course, T is the threat, right? So let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what B is saying, and also, I remember when Gary said, "When I see a threat," or he said, "When I can think, okay, this is how a competitor could impact my business. Mm-hmm. I just start a new division in my in the business." Yes, and basically yeah. that. 
that captures that it's within good. it, right? So, but using threats, like how could could someone come in and how could they hurt hurt you, hurt you in your business? Um, what are the the threats that you're seeing um, in terms of uh, external threats <laughs> around you? One thing I love that Gary does really well with this when we talk about the threats category and like solving the problem is oftentimes it's attached to a who. Um, mm. And it's not just a mm-hmm. we should do this. He immediately on that SWOT analysis goes, who is going to do this? And that's yeah. something I think he does yeah. really, well, sometimes, really well. Sometimes you you decide you need to buy your competitor yeah. at this point. Yeah. You know, yeah. because the threat is, you know, and— and that can also be there's there's a lot behind that. Yeah. I mean, so so looking at the competitive landscape, I think is where um, is you want to spend some time on that and on opportunities mm-hmm. and, and threats. I think. Yeah, I um you know with the book called Remarkable sort of changed my perspective on a lot of this with competitors because I I'm a very competitive is my number one strength um, or competition you? is my number what? one strength and. Um, a lot of times I would view competition in sort of a negative light. Mm. But now, mm. you know, when you view it as when you're able to look at them in terms of threats, that they really help you, right? And at the end of the day, the consumer always wins when you're constantly trying to add more That's value right. to your to your client or to your customer, right? They will always win. So um, this was awesome, you guys. Uh, it's so important to have strategic business planning time. To take the yeah. time to yes. think through. I need and to do it more. Number one, make sure you know who your client, your ideal client is, who your avatar is, and then building out that SWOT analysis, That's strengths, right. strengths, weaknesses, which are internal, opportunities and threats, which are external, and taking that time to look at that um, on, on at least again once a year. Um, but if you're growing quickly, you want to look at it um, honestly once a quarter. Um, so get out there, have some strategy around your plan, and I, we know that you're gonna you're gonna make it uh, because we are all about having big businesses and even bigger lives. So thank you for joining us today. Bye guys. Bye everybody. Bye guys. Bye.